Hello and welcome to Comically Incompetent. My name is Doug, and this week we are continuing the Marvels in Review. We'll be rating and talking about each Marvel movie in the order they came out. And this week, still no Ben. He's taking a bit of a hiatus, like I said before. He shouldn't be gone too long, but in the meantime, I have a very special guest today, a good friend of mine, Adam. Hey, everybody. How's it going? You are all the way from Colorado. I am indeed, yes. Yeah, yeah. How are you? I'm doing all right. I am ready to talk about The Hulk. This is one that I have not seen. Yeah, this is one I haven't seen since at theaters. And then I just recently watched it again to talk about it with you. Gotcha. Yeah, I... First of all, thank you guys so much for having me on the show. I'm uh, super excited to be here. Uh, Hulk is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Uh, Growing up, I always remember driving out to uh, Missouri for... Uh, Christmas and every time we would go out I would do a like a mini Marvel marathon and so like every single year uh, like a new one came out I would always rewatch the old ones and I remember Hulk being one of my favorites that I would look forward to um, you know plus hot on the tails of Iron Man which you guys discussed yeah. last week and I recently watched as well yeah it's one that I remember seeing it in the theaters and really really enjoying it I wasn't one of the people that thought it was bad but I just don't know why I never like Went back and like really rewatched it a few times because I really enjoyed watching it again the other day. Yeah, I did. I did too. And uh, I I watched it when I rewatched it here. I rewatched it with my family who had never seen it before, and also a good friend of ours, Chris, too, um, who also had not seen it. So it was super fun to hear their reactions and kind of figure out uh, how well it's held up over time, you know, and how yeah. how uh, poignant it still is today. Uh, and honestly, I I still think it's a great film. Like it's it's yeah. it's it, it was not at all a drag rewatching it. It's kind of funny to see what parts of it did not hold up, but uh, <laughs> I honestly I, I'm I'm still pretty impressed with uh with how it came out. Yeah, it moves very quickly. There was never a moment that felt like it was dragging, which yep. I thought was really cool. Like they just kind of they get you into the story. And what I liked about it is when it starts, they don't give you the whole thing we've seen before with the Ang Lee film of, all right, this is how it happened, this is Bruce Banner, and him becoming the Hulk. We start with that kind of, like, weird montage of you kind of getting the gist of what happened, and then we start the movie, and he's Hulk. Right, yeah, yeah. And I I actually think that that's one of the detractors from the movie. Um, I think, uh, you know, a reason people loved Iron Man is because there's that full origin story right into it, and I think a lot of those clips right from the beginning where you're seeing him transform, you're seeing... You know, the eyes where he's, you know, checking all good with Betty and then, you know, turns right away. That's that's a lot for the comic fans and not a lot of the lay audience, I think, got that right away. And that's it's a lot of backstory crammed into like a two second intro where you're just starting, you know, right into the story. But I, I, I think that that's that uh, also helped the movie a lot, too, um, because you are thrown right into it. Yeah, and I think they did it because we have seen that before. There had been several Hulk movies and TV shows where we'd seen it. There'd never been an Iron Man movie before. True. So I think that's why we had to kind of show that. Just like they didn't show the whole Spider-Man intro in Homecoming because we'd seen it. We'd seen Spider-Man several times in recent history. Yep. But I, I liked I liked the intro. I liked where we kind of pick up. And I think the elephant in the room starring this movie is Edward Norton as Bruce Banner instead of Mark Ruffalo. I which personally I like Edward Norton better. I think he's I I feel that he's more relatable. 
I think he's he, he just seems like this kind of average, unassuming Joe, and I think they make a quip about that in the movie. They're yeah. Like they're like you know who you know who would expect that all this power is in you know such a, a unassuming guy. I think that's the that's the word they use. Um, but then I, I I think that gives you a lot of sway and uh, empathy for him because he's he is so unassuming and just kind of authentic and like unapologetically normal. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. For me, they both had their merits. I think watching it now, I was always, I was trying to picture the whole time Edward Norton doing what Mark Ruffalo did in all the different movies, and I think I think Mark Ruffalo played a better like Bruce Banner in my mind, whereas I think Edward Norton did a better job of wrestling with that Hulk part. Because Edward Norton's character uh, Bruce Banner is a lot more accepting of the Hulk, even though he hated it the whole movie. You can see like. At, po- at points, he's more accepting of what's happening to him. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Mark Ruffalo fought it the whole time. And I did like that about Edward Norton's character of f- trying to figure out, like, ways to cure it. But then also, at the end, accepting it. Which right. we never really see Mark Ruffalo do until, en- really, Endgame. Yeah, and I, I think there was a lot of uh, character development even in just the short film. Like, you see at the beginning where he's he's trying to get rid of it the whole time. He's super worried. And then... You know, they, they have the his kind of, like, suit upgrades where he's, you know, going going to the pants, he's going to the market, he's getting the, you know, mas, yeah. mas stretchy, you know, the <laughs> pants. And, uh, you know, even when they're, uh, you know, him and Betty are uh, in hiding and she gets him the, the you know, the purple pants, the, the callback yeah. to the, you know, the old uniform. And he, I, I, I think, I think even though this movie is so short and kind of is a one-off for this version of the Hulk story, even within the MCU. Um, it th- There's a lot of character transformation. Yeah, I mean, I, I like this movie. I think the it's sad that they can really never call back to it again because they changed the actor. Right. Because I would have liked to have, you know, seen something, I don't know, just any sort of, like, callback to what, happened in this movie later on the avengers right because uh on this podcast we've covered abomination before and we'd mentioned that abomination was actually in pre-production going to be an early stage like kind of pre-villain in ultron hmm. okay so that would have been really cool to see them just kind of like reference back to it because i do enjoy this movie and i think i think they did a good job of in avengers kind of like just moving past it but there are some awkward moments where it's like, especially in Avengers when you first meet Mark Ruffalo, it's like, oh, it's kind of weird they're not talking about this at all. Right, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, because there's this whole love story built up and, yeah. you know, you we, we never see Thunderbolt, you know, the, the uh, uh, you know, Betty's dad again, the, the general. But we don't see it, him until Civil War. Yep. And, the, you know, this is, it. there was that whole, you know, post credit scene at the end with him. So you think he's going to be a, a character in the MCU. But I, I wanted to talk about um, why Edward Norton did not come back. And I've, I've heard a lot of conflicting reports. And it doesn't really yeah. seem like there was a static reason why he left. From everything that I could find, it was, it came down to, like, creative differences. Plus he, I, a, a, allegedly didn't have the time commitment to uh you know to to invest himself and throw him into what was going to be three to four years of coming back and you know b-roll and shooting and avengers and uh you know probably a second hulk film yeah i think i heard that it was you know several things like it wasn't going to be enough he wanted more money and marvel couldn't give it to him 
or like you said, the time commitment. And I think, you know, they, I think they only had him sign on for like two or three more movies. But then when you think about it, he really was going to, would have had to go for another, what, like 10 years right. <laughs> doing this character. Yeah. And, you know, I think it worked out. I think I prefer just as far as like what we've seen, I prefer Mark Ruffalo just because I liked, I think I preferred Edward Norton until Thor Ragnarok when you really get to see Mark Ruffalo and Hulk really become like yep. the full fledged out character. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this Edward Norton one, I thought it was, I thought he did a good job. It's, it's, it was weird to have him swap out because unlike when they changed Terrence Howard out for Don Cheadle, yep. they didn't really reference this one because like in Iron Man 2, which we'll talk about next week, they have that scene where Don Cheadle's like, yeah, it's me. Get over it. Move on. Like referencing that they changed right. the actor. Whereas this, they kind of just swept this one under the rug, which I thought was an interesting choice to kind of just pretend this didn't happen in any way. Whereas at least... I don't know. I just thought that was weird. I thought, um, it, I, I think with this coming out and being so early in the MCU, I think they were still trying to test the waters. This this movie reads very differently than Iron Man. I think yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a, a Christopher Nolan Dark Knight take on the universe. You know, like the, the jokes are there, but they're not as poignant and as yeah, in definitely. your face as they are in iron man right it's it's more of just like little quips here and there but you're like kind of tense and on the edge of your seat the whole time like you're on the run it's and yeah. I, I think in looking at both of those movies they saw the amazing success of iron man they saw the character and you know fun personality that you know robert downey brings to that role and i think ultimately that was the direction they went in but i think this was these were two passes at okay. What is our future? What is our direction? Yeah, especially because no, they came out you know within months of each other. Yeah, they came out the same year, which was yep. right after another. And yeah, you're right. I had completely different feel. Like I don't remember as a kid knowing that this was supposed to be in the same universe until the very end when Tony Stark comes in because mm-hmm. it just felt complete. This this to me felt and looked more like uh, a Tobey Maguire Spider Man or a Fantastic Four. This didn't feel like a like a Marvel because I think they set the bar so high with how good Iron Man looked as far as like even just CGI. Yep. And, and then this was just such a just didn't reach that bar, so it didn't even feel like the same universe. I think that's also kind of why they wanted to sweep it under the rug. It just didn't hit that bar that they wanted it to hit. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think cinematically too, Iron Man just has all the elements of a blockbuster. You know that we know oh, today, yeah. right? They have a incredibly compelling love story. You know, between Robert Downey and Gwyneth Paltrow, like they have just such fabulous chemistry. Everything's on point. You know, John Favreau, amazing director, just I think knocked it out of the park. And uh, I wanted to mention that the the director for this movie, Louis Louis Leterrier, Le- Leterrier, Leterrier. He, it from from looking at his past work, it seems like they kind of took a chance on him for this one, right? Whereas yeah, for definitely. John Favreau, I think they went, you know bursting out of the gate with a you know a well-known and established director and i think they i i don't know i and i think i think that might have been a little bit of a downfall for this uh movie that it just didn't have all of those polished and rounded edges yeah and yeah definitely i would agree with that yeah and uh i like that this movie the way it starts out too is once we kind of have that intro scene we find Edward Norton, we find Bruce Banner in Brazil 158 days without an incident. I yep. thought that was a cool, like, that timer that they added in this movie. That was, I think, I one love of the coolest that. parts of it. Yeah, yeah, because it, it also, throughout the movie, gives a, a sense of time and a timeline, 
right? Because yeah. uh, there's a lot of very ambiguous, I think, cuts in a lot of other movies. And you're like, is this years? Is this days later? And this was just a very subtle way of giving you, a, as the, the viewer, a grounded sense of being in this story and understanding how much time has taken place. Because, you know, like the, the Hulk, he kind of like goes nuts. He runs away. And I love the scene where he wakes up and he's like, you know, he's uh, he's, he's flagging down the guy and he's like, oh, you know, are you the man I do? And the guy's like, what? And he's like, I don't, I don't speak Portuguese. Oh, yeah. And he's like, where am I? Right? I, I, I think yeah. that, that's that's so so fun, especially as a viewer, too. You know, that's always a great reason to, to you know, to, to, to teach you things uh, and, and, you know, make it make it new for you also. While also not yeah. cheesily being like, like force feeding you a narrative. Yeah, and the what else do we find? We find him in this movie uh, working at like a soda plant in mm-hmm. Brazil. And, Speaking of uh, which, that is the uh, that's the drink I have right here. I have a, a lime Haritas that I'm about to uh, pop. So, cheers to oh, that. Okay. Oh yeah, that reminds me. Also, I didn't talk about we do also have a beer that we're pushing. Um, this is from Smog City Brewing. We've done Smog City in the past. The Amaria Gorilla, which I know Amaria means yellow in Spanish, but the picture is a green gorilla, and I thought that worked because Hulk is just a big, monstrous green gorilla, basically. That's perfect, yeah. And I so I'll talk, uh, I'll talk more about that at the end of the show. Cool, yeah. I, I was gonna say too. I think the um, like you know probably very obviously the because because of the Hulk and everything is green. That's why they went with the green soda. Because this movie yeah. seems like it's very obviously sponsored by Coke, which is funny. Like you'll see, you'll see him. He's leaning up against Coke machines. It's all like he. I remember him drinking it in one scene, and I'm thinking like, oh, why, why wasn't it a, you know, like a Mexican Coke factory right at the beginning? Of the yeah. Scene. It's it's it was, and this this reminds me of that that uh, you know opening sequence, right? The the chase scene at the beginning when he like you know he goes yeah. back and forth and uh, at, you know with the with the 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 bottles exploding and you know there's there's i i love that scene because it's it's, yeah, the, it's just, the first time you get like little glimpses at the hulk but you never really see him you get a little sense of scale but the but everything is in what you don't see it's 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 him coming out of the smoke but you don't know what you, you don't really get a size of scale just yet and and that makes it way more intense yeah and also in this in that scene you're talking about too he he speaks which hulk never really I feel like in Mark Ruffalo's Hulk doesn't really speak that much. He talks yep. a lot in this movie. Yeah, he does. And uh, I found out that, uh, you know, Lou Ferrigno did the yep. voice for him for that. Who, you know, he also plays the security guard. In, yeah, the security uh, guard. Yeah, in the scene. I, it's funny. I, I, I met him a while ago. Oh, really? Where? Yeah, at, uh, I volunteered at Denver Comic Con for a couple of years, and he was there the second year I worked. Very nice guy, as, as big as you'd expect. <laughs> but uh larger than life in person and it was it was, it was it, yeah it was really funny now too especially seeing this movie later because i don't think i got a lot of these little references early on or understood the the cameos yeah this movie is full fan service for yes. comic book hulk fans which i love because i feel like we started to steer away in the mcu from like the comic book fans and became more of like this like a self-contained cinema of superheroes whereas i think i like that this Reference back to comic books and old TV shows and old mm-hmm. movies and like was big fan service for fans of, like really big actual fans of the Hulk. And I think that yeah, that's important too because it, it's not impeding at all with the main story. You know, like it's it's not yeah. like for the lay audience they they don't you know necessarily care or know that you know that's Bill Bixby in the beginning 
or yeah. you know, that you know, that was Lou Ferrigno in that in that role. But uh, you know, looking back, it's 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 kind of fun that they uh, you know had such an appreciation for the Hulk as a as a whole character and you know paid homage to the past iterations. Yeah, because I mean, the Hulk is such an important character to a lot of people. I know when Ben comes back, I'm sure he's going to want to talk about it. He's a huge fan of the Hulk, mm-hmm. and I mean. I can see why. I mean, there's so much history and so much to the Hulk that I think a lot of people can relate to having something maybe like that dark side to you that you don't want to share, you want to get rid of. And I think that's like the whole idea of the Hulk. And they did a good job of like, Edward Norton did a good job too of playing that part. It wasn't, I feel like they didn't do this one. He wasn't like a monster, the Hulk. He was just a part of him that he wanted to get rid of. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that's a a very interesting thing too because... Like when you, especially coming off of Iron Man, where he, he is this self-made millionaire, right? And then just, yeah. and is, is trying to kind of embrace this extra, you know, machine element of him. The whole character is rejecting it the whole time. Yeah. Right. He's, he's, he's not. And you know, that's, it, it's kind of, it's fun to see him over time kind of ad- adapt to it. Right. And I th- I think they did that a lot with the clothes, like I mentioned earlier. Right. Like, yeah. Like, and I, I think that was a, a great representation of him kind of adopting it and accepting it a little bit. Yeah. Well, there's that parallel. Iron Man is the whole thing of I am Iron Man. He's bragging about it. He wants the world to know. Whereas the Hulk's like, I, I don't want to be the Hulk. Right. But uh, another funny thing too that I thought, um, you know, he's in hiding the whole time. He's he was he yeah. was in Brazil. He you know he got got to all these places by avoiding. But but then uh, then you you get the whole. You know, she gives him a razor, like, to shave, and she's cutting his hair to make him look back normal. And, well, you know, at that, yeah. that train scene when she's dropping him off, she takes his hat off. You're like, if you're in hiding, you're doing a terrible job of it right now. Yeah, that was, I think, my, one of my only plot holes of this movie is that he's just crossing borders and not getting caught. Like, how are they not finding him? Yeah. I, he's crossing, like, major international borders and just, like, we haven't found him for five years. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's crazy to me. But in the scene, we also get the introduction of the character we'll find out later, Mr. Blue. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Green, that whole exchange of trying to find the cure while he's hiding out in Brazil, which then leads to that big fight where we first meet our villain, Emil Blonsky, the Abomination. Yep. Who is, it was, at, at first, I think, I think they did a very good job of uh, him feeling very ambiguous. Like you don't you don't yeah. know if he's good if he's bad, you know he he kind of looks like he's got a little edge to him, but uh, you know he he didn't I don't think he gave off an evil vibe right away. I think there was a little bit of a flex the budget scene on that though when they have all the helicopters flying in and you know the, yeah. they're they're on the airstrip with the bomber and then he comes out like that that, that was like a million dollars in like one scene, which was which was pretty <laughs> funny. But I I think I think it actually worked to uh, to build up the the poise and. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Blonsky character. Yeah. Especially because he's so Who, short, so he needs it. Yeah. Which I think one of my favorite things about this villain is that he wasn't in it for, like, the money. He just wanted to beat the Hulk. That was his whole thing. His whole motivation was, I just want to beat the Hulk. Yep. And I thought that was an interesting... It wasn't like, I'm in it for the money, or, like, what was it? Um, The Iron Monger, where he's like, Tony! And right, he's like, fights right, him, because he wants right. control of what Tony had. Right, Like, yeah. this... Blonsky was just like, I just want to beat the shit out of the hulk that's all i want <laughs> yeah 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 and and i think that uh that that sentiment is echoed in that scene where he's uh 
He's talking. Thunderbolt is that is that what we call the uh, the general? So, general Ross. General we don't. We Ross. never. Okay. We call him Thunderbolt in this movie, but then in the rest of the movies that we find, see this, him in in the MCU, he's just General so Ross. Hard to figure out names too. They they really never talk. I didn't know his name was Blonsky until like the, you know, until recently. <laughs> like they only say it like once or twice. Um, yeah. But but really quick, getting back to the the one scene where um where where Ross is like, you know, you're how old are you you know and he's like oh yeah he's, yeah. he's like 43 he's like you should be a you know a, a colonel or a you know you know a general by now and he goes no i'm a fighter and i think that speaks back to you know him just wanting to uh to beat the hulk and that that that's his motive right whereas you, you were talking about Obi- obadiah saying and i i thought obadiah's was a much weaker villain story because you're like yeah why the whole time like like what like he, he like why does he just want to I, I, you know, oh, oh, why is he trying to overshadow Tony? Like, like it, the, I, that I felt was a lot weaker. I, I felt like Blonsky's motive was a lot stronger in this movie. No, I'd agree. I mean, if you're comparing Ironmonger to Abomination, Abomination is way better of a villain. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- also I think that is Tim Roth. Tim Roth is a great actor who does. I mean, he's just a phenomenal oh, yeah. in this yep. movie. And just, I think I like a lot of what he does. He had this TV show a while back called Lie to Me. I don't know if you ever watched it. It was really short-lived, but it was really good. I, I didn't know. It was it was like a se- It only lasted like a season. I don't know why it got canceled. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and there's I, I think there's a lot more, um, like, the, this movie is very visceral, right? You know, like, with, and you see his entire transformation, whereas Obadiah just seems like a, you know, a billionaire who's just, like, jumping into a suit to try it out this this guy is injecting yeah. who knows what into himself just for the the hope that he can he can he can scratch you know the surface on what the hulk is like he, he doesn't even know and i i love how they kind of build it you know throughout i think that the the end the end sequence is very rushed and it it, it goes from like zero to a hundred like immediately yeah <laughs> Um, but I, you know, I love that scene where they're on the college campus and you see him running and he's just sprinting twice as fast as the rest of the, uh, the squad. Yeah. Full Captain America moment. Like, I mean, it's the same oh, serum. Yeah, absolutely. It's supposed to be the same serum. Gotcha. Yeah. It was, so it was at the program that that's the program that they're talking about, right? The, the, so yeah, they're the, trying to recreate the serum that was given to Captain America, but they obviously failed and it just messed with Blonsky's mind. But this movie also did, like, that reminds me, has a lot of references to future movies that, you know, I don't even think they knew was going to happen. They referenced Captain America, kind of, to, like, back in World War II, we created, they created a serum, and he's like, yeah, the super soldier. Yep. And there's kind of, like, just these slight references, and apparently, I heard about this recently, I don't know if it's true, I'd have to go back and watch the movie again. Apparently there's a portrait of Captain America somewhere in the background of one scene, and... In an alternate intro on the DVD for The Incredible Hulk, there's a scene where you see, like, Captain America's shield or something. Hmm. Okay. So they kept referencing Captain America in this one because that makes sense. In the story of Emil Blonsky and the, and the Hulk, they were trying to recreate the super soldier serum. Gotcha. Yeah, and that, Just to- that totally failing. makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also funny, too, to see how... Uh, you know, I, I I've always been a fan of the movies, but it, you know, just now getting back into them, I notice a lot of the similar tropes just from just just in the in the comic book universe, right? It it feels like Iron Man and the Hulk were like kind of the same movie, just edited differently and you know put in. Like it, I think the uh, 
it, it it's always funny too with superheroes it feels like you know they just fight a, a you know a different version of themselves right like and you know the, yeah. he's not he's not fighting anything foreign or alien it's it's literally just a guy who was trying to be him right and I, yeah yeah go ahead yeah i was gonna say ben and i have talked about that before on the podcast of marvel falls into that hole almost every time of the hero fights basically another version of the hero i think Black Panther fighting Killmonger was just Killmonger was in a Black Panther suit and it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or Ant-Man fighting Yellow Jacket. Yeah. Same thing. Iron Man or, fighting Obadiah, right? In, in, in a yeah. discount Iron Man suit. Same, yeah, same thing. It was just like, they fall into that trope. I mean, Hulk fighting Abomination. It's just, it's, it's all the same thing. And I think that's the only downfall I see is that, I had talked about it last week with Dom, was Marvel falls, I think, not fall, I don't want to say falls apart. That seems too, like, intense, but struggles when it comes to their villains whereas i think dc owns that villain like the villain mm-hmm. is the best part of a dc comic usually at least in my opinion yep whereas yeah. i mean like as good of a job as uh tim roth did as emil blonsky as cool of a villain as abomination was it was just the hulk right it was the hulk but gross yeah yeah <laughs> grosser and th- that that the whole ends like end sequence was where they're going back and forth and hulk's getting thrown you know miles and yeah. then, you know, gets up and then it, it looks like all is lost when it's getting dug into his chest. And then apparently he, he just stands on his chest at the end. Like, yeah. he's like, and she's like, no, don't kill him. And you're like, why? Like, what, like, what happens now? <laughs> like, yeah, like, how are they going to restrain him? Like, he was, him he was just, like... he was just going crazy earlier. Like, you know, when the Hulk leaves, what, what are they going to do? Like, I, it, it, you know, that, that, I, that, I wish there was a second movie to this because there's so many unanswered questions. And yeah. it is so, it's so open-ended right there, like, yeah. I don't know. Hey, I think it also makes sense, because I think a lot of the Hulk's villains are basically the Hulk. Like, isn't Red Hulk a villain? Yep. <laughs> it's the Hulk, but Red? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then, so we've seen all this stuff. We've seen that, to this point in the movie, we meet Emil Blonsky. We also have met, which we, a character we haven't talked about yet, Betty Ross, yep. played by... Liv the amazing Tyler. Liv Tyler. Yep, she's beautiful. She's was fantastic. She's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings is my favorite series of movies ever of all time, and she is the amazing Arwen, the elvish princess, and she's fantastic, amazing. I love her in this movie as well. She plays a really good job. She does a really good job of playing this character who's not just kind of like is so good at helping him move forward. And also, interestingly enough, I thought watching this movie again, she does a better job of calming the Hulk down than black widow ever did in any of the marvel movies that yes. we see her trying like like sun's getting real low yep yeah like yeah, yeah. she does a better job she can immediately calm him down yeah and, and she's yeah, not him. afraid and it's i i no, love the all. uh like the the editing sequences you know like the the first time he sees her on the college campus and then he's he's hiding behind the tree and you know look she looks up and it it, it for a second as the audience you think oh sh- we've been spotted like we yeah. like and but then you you see it's Ty, Ty Burrell, great, of course. Yeah, it's a Modern Family yeah. dad. <laughs> I feel bad that that's all I know him as, but, I mean, I forgot he was in this movie entirely, because he just, all he does is rat them out, and then Yeah, he's a it. snitch. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so weak. He's like, yeah. And it, I, I love how everybody and their mom shows up at that, like, college campus fighting scene. Like, at, oh, yeah. oh the, the school newspaper reporter's there and recording it, and, oh, and then, you know, he's there. Like, like everybody just came for that for that meeting. It's like I, di- I didn't get the memo. 
It's like, where was the email? <laughs> yeah, which, also, now I think about it, talking about Tyrell, what happened to him? She was dating him, and then she just runs <laughs> off with Bruce Banner, and we never see him again. Yeah, right? I would feel so bad if I was him, you know, at late, that, that late night, right, at, at Stan Lee's, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, she's, she's just, like, leaves. He's, like, in the middle of a hilarious story, like, you know, supposedly, <laughs> and then she just gets up and walks away with no explanation. He's just like, what yeah, is like, going on? And then she goes and chases Bruce. I love that like, scene, though. Yeah, it's a good scene, but I just... You om- you almost feel bad for the dude, and then you remember that he's a snitch. Yep. And I, I thought it was funny, yeah, right out, right after that, too, though, when she's, like, looking for him, and she... Okay, so that uh, actor, uh, Stanley, too, was... Uh, I can't remember what his name is right now, but he voiced the Hulk in the animated series. Oh, okay, I didn't... I actually the, didn't the know guy that with, The guy with the white hair... The, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, kids. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah. So that was pretty fun. Uh, but I, I thought it was funny right after she, you know, ran into the alleyway and we see him hiding behind the, the trash can. She just, like, finds him on the road. Yeah. Like, walking on a random street and it it's, like, the back of his silhouette. And he, they just, like, know that, that they're yeah, not there. I, I thought that was very random. Like, yeah. But. It was definitely a little random. Which, so then we have, I think the next big scene after that is... You know, she hides him, and then they have that fight where we talked about, you know, on the on the lawn, big fight between... And then that great... I think one of my the funniest shots I, I laughed great out sequence. loud is when Blonsky walks up to Hulk, and he's fronting. He's like, I can <laughs> yeah. still... I'm not... He wasn't even abomination yet. He's like, I can kick the shit out of you. And then Hulk just kicks him into a tree. <laughs> he just gets like... Everybody's like, oh, he's dead. Like... <laughs> that and was it, fantastic. I, me- I remember my family saying like, oh, that'd be... That'd be hilarious. Like, I know this isn't the case, but that'd be hilarious if he just dies right there. Like, he's just... He just crumples yeah. against the tree and and that's it. Because, yeah, yeah, that whole scene was out of place. Because he, he... I remember uh, Ross was saying, you know, stand down, stand down. But yeah. at that point, I think the, you know the serum is messing with his head, and he's like, "Oh yeah, he's 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 getting into it, and he's he's going after the Hulk. He he's he's calling, he's basically calling him out." Yeah, that was just fantastic. I mean, watching just <laughs> that shot was fantastic to me. It just him getting just kicked right into a tree. I mean, I love that because yeah, I think the serum is definitely it's in his head. It's messing with him entirely. It's making him think that he can beat the Hulk, even though he's not even a abomination he's just a dude right. still really yeah. he's just being run. cocky yeah he's, yeah, he's yeah. just a dude who can run really fast yeah there wasn't a whole lot to him at the time yeah. I, lo- I love that that sequence though because that's the first time i think you really get to see the hulk in yeah in everything and it's it's always this this balance between you know because because you're on you're on edward norton's side you're on bruce's side the whole time because he feels like he's you know, getting bullied for no reason and trying to avoid this and really trying to, to save people. You know, like, you'd think if he's getting chased by the SWAT team, he'd be trying to whip the Hulk out immediately and, you know, kick their ass, but it, it's it's a call to just how much of that is out of control for him. Yeah. And that that it it, it is a, uh, you know, a detractor. And I, I love that um, sequence where he gets caught on the bridge and he's, you yeah. know, he, he gets locked out on one side and, oh, that's it, you know, dead end turns back around dead end they throw the canisters in and then boom he just you know you know goes for it yeah which that i think is probably the most famous shot of this movie whenever yep. marvel if they ever show anything from this movie it's usually that shot of him bursting out of that bridge mm-hmm. and i think it was you know brilliantly done you know he smashes the glass comes flying out and you know he's like all right now you know now it's time to now it's time to play and then they like play you know, Ross plays, like, chess with him for, like, a minute. He's like, you know, bring out the... 
Where, where's the where's the, the the 50 cow and then like yeah, yeah. two minutes later he's like where's the gunship <laughs> you like he's just pulling out anything he can and none of it's working yep. yeah on a, on a college campus too which i thought yeah. was like you know reads very differently now than i'm sure it did 12 years ago yeah well i don't even think i realized that much where where they were like the importance of like what could have happened <laughs> right if that had gone even more wrong but that scene ends with something really cool of the the ship goes down and he, the Hulk, covers up uh, Betty Ross and protects her and then they just go on the run. But like that shot right. of like him coming out of the fire and then like kind of like hiding back and like sinking back into the smoke as he runs away was like really cool. Which then we that leads to the scene of them sitting for some reason under a cliff in the, in the rain. Yeah, in the, yeah. That's, that's I think where their uh, CGI skills were showing. A little bit, yeah. Especially definitely. watching it later, it's the he's he's very sketchily animated, I think, in that, and kind of loses a little bit of the realism. I I remember what, when I watched it, I did I didn't think that at all, but I think I think yeah. that that is one of the the, the testaments of uh, time right there. Yeah, and I think this also shows like how the Hulk's size, as far as like how he CGI varies completely depending on the scene and what they need, how big they need him to be. Right. Because in this scene, I wouldn't say he's like that much bigger than you know betty like he's pretty big but he's not like towering over her but then there's scenes where you see mark ruffalo's hulk where he's behemoth like he's massive yeah yeah yeah, yeah and i thought yeah i thought it was funny too like when they were waking up in the cave right and she was like holding him she's like I, i'm thinking like how did they fall asleep like if, yeah, if he was massive how is she spooning the hulk <laughs> <laughs> that is her superpower that yeah we didn't know about she's she, a, what is, she's just laying hero. on top of him and then like as he decompressed she just like went down towards i thought the, floor. the same thing she had to have been laying on top of the hulk <laughs> that's what i was thinking like I thought, that's the only way that makes sense yeah there's no other way that, that works which then after that scene they pretty much just go on the run for a while we get to see lou ferrigno's cameo in there and they I think it's pretty much the middle part of the movie is them on the run until we get to them going to eventually finding Mr. Blue, which is right. played by, uh, oh, what's his name? I, I left the page of actors. <laughs> uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. Who's a great actor and I think perfect for this role. R- real quick, uh, you, you remember when he's like, um, he, he's going back into the lab right after the, the Lou Ferrigno cameo and uh, he, he, goes into, he goes up to the computer. Did you notice the uh, Norton security? I didn't notice that. He he logs into a Norton VPN when he go when he goes to you know to search for himself and and uh, oh, find okay. out if there's any uh, record of him or anything on there and then you know logs back into that old 2008 AOL anonymous <laughs> uh, anonymous chat room plus the uh, yeah the uh, that scene you know with the the guy across from him is the actor who plays Gilfoyle in Silicon Valley yeah and also it's so the random in Spider Man he's. Oh yes, Parker's teacher. And, oh, that's uh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I guess since this movie is technically canon, that guy must lose his job at the lab and become a teacher <laughs> in Queens, New York. Must be. Yeah. Because I mean, it's canon technically. It's the same guy, so that <laughs> must be. That's that is that's that's funny that they brought him back too. And yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a callback to this movie that yeah I never uh, never remembered. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely if I ever when it, next time I watch Spider Man, uh, definitely gonna be thinking of that character now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which, yeah, Tim Blake Nelson was I thought fantastic. He plays the the crazy guy. Yep. Really well. Yeah, yeah. That 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 whole scene was so funny. Where uh, I, I I'm thinking of the uh, actually the you know the blood scene, right? Where uh, 
Edward Norton's like, what, you know, test cases? And he's like, oh, come with me. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. And, you know, because, because, uh, and, and there's a, there's a lot of blood in this movie, right? You think it, it starts off with the, the prick at the beginning on his finger, falls down through, he stops the entire plant, right? It leads into yeah. Stan Lee's cameo, which I thought was awesome. Uh, in this movie, you know, he's, you know, packed a little more punch than he was looking for. I thought that was a great line. Um, there's, there's that. And then there's the, uh, you know, the, the sample scene where he's testing with the, the flower that he gets from the guy off the street and then, you know, breaks the, the slide and it comes to, you know, he's trying to avoid that the whole time. And then when he sees this, it's just, you know, it's, it's jarring. He's like, we have to, yeah. we have to get rid of this. This is, this is exactly what he's trying to avoid. Right, he's trying to get rid of this thing the whole time. He he wants, you know, none of this recorded or tracked or duplicated. And I, I think I think that scene was very short but super powerful for everything that led up to it. Yeah, definitely. Which I also thought was interesting that you know having Tim Blake Nelson play was it Samuel Stearns, and then we see him kind of becoming a character that they never bring up or even show again. He plays, he becomes. The leader, yes, who in the Marvel comics is a you know decently sized, a decent character, and they kind of like allude to it. And I think that was another fan service for comic book fans to know. Oh, Samuel Stearns, you see his head starting to get big at one point. Like, oh, he he becomes the leader. We never see him again. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's got that goofy smile. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. That scene was, and I think that shows too. His motivation is not as a villain. His motivation is a scientist that just is obsessed yes. with it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I like that a lot, too. Like, it, it, there was no motive there, and, you know, he was not thinking at all about the dangers of it. He was literally doing it just for science. Like, it's he's got yeah. that mad scientist. He's banging on the machines. You know, some of them aren't working. He's he's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. You know, like, mid-session of the peak of his, you know, career. And, yeah, well, and, and there's, you know, there's so much unknown. He's, like, I he says... You know, this may only stop this one incident. This could be permanent. I have no idea. Yeah. Like, we're just we're just going for it. Yeah, which reminds me, another scene we glossed over was when, after Blonsky gets kicked into the tree, how he recovers, like, yes. almost the next day. Yeah. Because I, of the serum, which then makes them put more into him, and then he keeps adding more and more, which then we see in the scene with Dr. Stearns, him adding just more, just consistently. He needs more to be better. Yeah. I, I like the... Um... I, th- I thought this movie was actually very well directed and edited. I mean, it like, all the scenes are very powerful. Everything that's, you know, put right next to each other. I love that scene where he's he's totally incapacitated, but you see his fingers twitch and then yeah. pull into a fist and then it cuts away, right? It's like, it's it, it's very powerful. You know, I, th- I think, yeah. I, it, you know, has a lot of calls to Iron Man in that early kind of experimental let's just go for it phase, you know, like, let's just see what happens and see what the reaction is. Yeah, it's very nuanced. I feel like the problem, I think the downfall of it, though, is that it is very easy to gloss over because of, I guess, its insignificance to later Marvel movies. It's very easy to gloss over this movie, but I think it definitely, it deserves more than it got, for sure. And I know there's a lot of people who didn't like it, but I feel like for the people who don't like it, you know, you may have your reasons, let us know. But I think most people don't who don't like it don't like it because it just has nothing to do with anything that comes after. Yeah. Well, I, I think it was also unfortunate timing. I think I think yeah. it got completely overshadowed by Iron Man, and even yeah. now watching it, 
with, you know, our, our friend Chris and, uh, you know, my family, they're like, this actually was a great movie. I'm surprised we never saw this. Like, this is totally something that we would have seen. I And I think if, you know, had Iron Man come out 2008, Hulk came out maybe 2009, I think it would have changed the course of the MCU permanently. I, I, yeah. I think I think had this been the blockbuster of the year, it, it would have changed the entire narrative. Yeah, which you're right. I think it was overshot. Cause I remember in 2008, my mom took me to go see Iron Man because she was a big fan of Robert Downey Jr. And, wanted to, like, and she loved the movie because it's just a good movie. Oh, yeah. Su- superhero movie, movie, anything. So then when this came out a few months later, she took me to see this. And she was like, no, this is not for me. This is not my thing. Which I think having... Iron Man feel one way and this feel completely different. Right. Kind of also, ha- and then yeah, you're right. Overshadowed by the level of that John Favreau brought to Iron Man. Like it just, I think this movie. You're right. I think it was a lot of bad timing. No. I think. Yeah, Iron Man's very complete too. Right. They're they're really you don't really yeah. see the the cracks and holes that you see in Hulk with that. That's it. That's a very polished movie, and yeah. they set the bar with that yeah and i think also yeah if this would have come out maybe closer to iron man 2 because i know a lot of people don't like iron man 2 as much this because that could have made this one look a lot better as well oh yeah oh yeah and i i think i think the cgi even still looks good except for you know that that cave scene i think yeah pretty bad but the i think the downfall of this too is that this came out a few months after iron man and it doesn't cgi wise look as good as iron man yep yeah, yeah. there's and, and there's a lot more I think technical CGI in this movie, and I think you you definitely see them try to put all of that into the Hulk. Like you, you try to, see, and it's. I think it was a very experimental time, and you know you know showing like I think Iron Man. There's a lot of green screening, you know, that's going on, and just yeah. kind of making him in his actual real suit. I'm sure you know. I know that was real, and you know, I like it. Obviously, didn't work like Iron Man, but. That there, there's not a lot of like explosions and 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 background and like they're here they're CGIing an entire character, like or you yeah. know and and multiple right the abomination at the end is I I would argue more detailed than the Hulk. Yeah, and I think also they were going f- so hard for realism by having his muscles you could see them like contracting and like all this stuff like they're going for so much and I think they went too hard where I think they could if they would have reeled back a little bit more. It would have looked a lot better, but you could see they were they were pushing so hard to make him look so real that yeah. he doesn't. And you can, in film, you can go too far, and then it starts to hinder you. And I think that's what happened I, for some I of the agree. CGI. Yeah, and I, I think I think this movie did so well with the suspense and the the there there's more in what you don't see, right? Like a yeah. callback to that that first scene where you know you see his leg growing a little bit, cuts away. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, he's, he's in the smoke. You see him throw something massive. You, you, like you, you get, you get all the hints to this character without actually seeing him. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think they could have done that for the entire movie. Obviously people wanted to see yeah. him actually come out, but I, I think they did a great job in, in, uh, you know, crafting the story and giving him scope without actually, you know, showing every single vein and, you know, both his biceps. Yeah. Very classic monster movie in that way. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. A call to uh, I wanted to mention this, like uh, King Kong, right? I, th- I think yeah. I think this this story is, yeah. you know, echoes that a lot, you know, and and very literally sometimes, like you know that cave scene, right? The the uh, you know the monster and damsel. Yeah, uh, which brings me back story. to the beer of the big green gorilla 
There we See? go. Brought nice. it back around. I like brought it. it back around. Full circle. We're back. And then I do want to talk about the end scene, the big fight between the Abomination and the Hulk, where you have I love the shot of Bruce Banner being like, I have to try. And yes. then he jumps out of the the plane thinking he's gonna turn into the Hulk, yep. and then he just goes, Oh, and slams right into the yeah, ground. yeah, yeah. And you know, Marvel movies are famous for cutting away on, uh, you know, like like curse words. Yeah, and I, I think this might have even been the first time they did that, which was super fun because because it's it's such a serious scene. And then you're like, wait, did he just slam into the ground and die? Like, yeah. like, and you're we, like, oh no, no, he's no, the the rocks are moving. He's fine. Like he'll he'll be good. Which we do get a callback to this that shot, and I think it was um it would Hulk Ragnarok. Hulk falling out of the sky, right? And then. In in almost a an opposite uh, version, right? He's falling out of the sky as the Hulk, but he's not the Hulk, right? He's no. I think it was in Ragnarok when uh, he jumps out of the plane onto the bridge at Asgard as Bruce Banner, and then he lands and just falls and like rolls. Oh yeah, I was. And then he turns into the Hulk and fights um, Fenrir. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I was trying to think. I remember the Hulk falling out of the sky again too. Or was it? He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at some point, yeah. Because I, I that's I think that scene was really iconic, right? It's it's the it's the turning period, and uh, especially for you know for the Ross character who has been you know fighting him this whole time. I thought it was funny how they're just in the plane. He doesn't have like handcuffs on or anything. He's yeah. They're just it's like they know each other, right? I mean, and they do, right? They do have history, but they're just like yeah, just go sit over there. He's like you you, you want a drink or anything like. Yeah, and then at the end, you know, he I think I think Ross like lost all of his his uh, authority when he's when he goes, all right, yeah, yeah, you know, it's up up to you. But I I love that scene though, right? It it had to be that way. That's that was that's, yeah. that's what everybody wanted. That was the 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 satisfaction right at the end. Yeah, but and the just I think amazing fight scene between Abomination and the Hulk yes. right here. Yep, yeah, yeah. Abomination was crazy. I, I don't I didn't like the way he talked. I didn't either. Yeah, and it and that was another thing too. I felt like as soon as he turned into the abomination, we lost all Blonsky, which kind yeah. of kind of lost the uh, integrity for the villain, right? Like I, I wanted. Yeah. It, it didn't. It sounded nothing like him. He's he seems just like entirely animalistic, which you know could have been also too what they were going for, which it just you know changed his mind so much. But I, I think it would have given him more more poise if. You know, he sounded a little bit like him or referenced, you know, something they had done earlier or, you know, yeah, especially well, because the Hulk was so vocal in this movie. Yeah, and the Abomination is supposed to be, you know, have his bearing. He's supposed to know who he is. He is Emil Blonsky as the Abomination. He's smart. He can yes. still speak. And they didn't really do that. They kind of just have him like, bring me Hulk. Right. Plus, plus the you know, the fact that he did have that Captain America serum in him. Right, like yeah. that, that he had that super soldier before, and you know, like you know, call back to that, uh, you know, scene with Tim Blake Nelson where he's like, "I don't know what you already have in you, but it looks like you got a little something," you know, like yeah, like he could yeah. he could just tell that he was off, and he, you know, calling back to the uh, the the visceral element. I love that scene where he's looking in the mirror where uh, Blonsky is, and you see his yeah. spine just start to, ah, it's it's it was good. I liked it. Yeah, and then in this fight scene, we get the famous, the very, very famous Hulk smash line. Yep. Yeah, which, which yeah, I think I think looking back was pretty cheesy now, but I, it definitely was. I, I was gonna say I, I, I thought I, I thought it was fine. I remember on uh, initial watching, and I I think it it was that kind of fan service you were talking about. Yeah, 
It was great. Which I think, wrapping up the movie talk, I gotta say, the best part of this movie for me was the last shot. You see him in British Columbia. He's running. He sits down, and you can see that he begins to. He's learned to control it. Yeah. Even just if he's not full control, he looks up, eyes are green, and he gives that little smile, which I feel like they didn't do this justice in later movies. I feel like when we first see him as the Hulk, when Mark Ruffalo first takes over, he doesn't have like even that semblance of control. Like we know, like oh, I'm always angry, so I can turn to the Hulk, but it's not like. You can almost see the amount, there's so much control yes. that he has at the end of this movie that Mark Ruffalo lacked when he first began. Which makes sense, you know, Mark Ruffalo's lack of control of it, really, it fit the story. They needed to have that to like to make it, the story move on, the plot to move forward. Right. But that, I think, this was a great ending of him, you know, with the green glowing eyes at the end. Which then leads us into, I think, the weirdest, it was supposed to be an end credit scene. But they forced it right after this shot of... Tony Stark talking to General Ross. Yes. Yeah. I, because... I, 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 real quick, I love that, uh, the scene where, um, uh, the ending was very random too, though, with, with everybody who's like watching, like there's like an entire yeah. crowd spectating. Yeah. This, why like, are they crazy that close? <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, and the, yeah, the police are obviously not doing their job. If there's like pedestrians right next to this crazy unknown fight scene. Like, I, I, I think that's the, uh, you know, the kind of Batman, like, it, when he's when he's a fugitive and runs at the end of Dark Knight, and yeah, and uh, you know, like it's 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 the city. I, I and I think that's why he didn't kill the Abomination is because that's the that was the public view of the Hulk, yeah. and I think that's what uh, Betty was calling out, right? Like uh, obviously you want you want to kill that whatever that thing is. That's the whole point of going down and fighting him. It's not like a you know bring him back in for a reward type of type of situation. But that that was that was like a, you know what what image does he want to portray? Um, but after that, the you know the helicopter has the spotlight right on him, and yeah. you see him you know jumping over rooftops and I think echoing that first chase scene with with uh, the parkour in Brazil, you know where he's running with you, you, through that chase scene right he's going through the the, the curtains he's going through the laundry, you, you yeah. see that guy fall down through it and I I think it was a great way to just wrap up the entire movie yeah definitely i would agree yeah i mean this movie was i think it if they would have just ended on his glowing eyes i think it would have wrapped it up so much better but you could tell after the success of iron man and then kind of figuring out that there's going to be more they forced that end credit scene to right after that shot yep and with ross at the bar and meeting tony stark it's just i think it was a cool scene. I remember being like, "Whoa, this is the same universe!" Like as a kid, like being like, "Oh my gosh!" Right? You're like, "I wasn't. But, I, I was. I was expecting Robert Downey to be in this movie." And then you know, he of yeah. course he's there with his whole you know personality and attitude, and you know, it, it's right after Iron Man, right? Yeah, I, I think no, I remembered hearing that um, they kind of used that when when touring with Iron Man, saying like, "Hey, you know, check out the Incredible Hulk because you know there may be a little something in there for you." Yeah. Uh, no, I mean it, yeah. it was good. It was good to keep it moving. It kind of introduced the idea of what this was going to become. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Alluding to the larger MCU Avengers uh, direction, right? That yeah, that they were taking with this. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that was a good talk. I think I'm going to move on to the beer now. You good with that? Yeah. Absolutely. So we are doing Smog City again. We we've done Smog City on this podcast before. They have three different locations in Torrance, which is only open for to go and delivery in these crazy times. But their third location in Long Beach is actually open now for dine-in. 
and also drinks to go. And then their location in Hawthorne, or in Torrance on Hawthorne, is open for on-site dining as well. And this beer is the Amaria Gorilla, which I really like. It was really, really good. It was an Indian pale ale. With, it was They describe it as a juicy tropical hot bomb, Ooh. which I really enjoyed it. It was really good. It had notes of mango, papaya, and citrus, which I got to say, I didn't really taste too much. <laughs> I like, yeah, I love like how it, beers throw a lot of those little things in, and you're like, well, really? Yeah, like you could taste the mango, but I didn't get papaya really. And then like it, it smells of pine, and I was like, I didn't smell pine, but yeah, it was still it was really good. I mean, it was definitely it smells like wet caves, <laughs> wet caves and wet Hulk. It was a good beer. It was a really good beer. I definitely check it out. They have a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, we'll have to get one. I uh, used to actually person. live, yeah, I used to live right net like right near the um, the Torrance location on Delamo. So I used to I've been to this brewery several times. If, uh, with and last week we got our friend Dominic on. I've been there with Dominic a few times as well. It's a really good brewery. It's definitely a, it's a lot of fun to hang out at. They have like cool ambiance. They'll have music and bands or stand up comedians and stuff like that come out and perform while you're sitting there enjoying a beer. Cool. And they have food trucks and stuff like that. It's a really cool vibe. Adam, if you ever come out to California, we're gonna have to hit some of these up. Absolutely. No, no, no. I I, I can't wait for all of uh, you know, this to end. Obviously, we gotta you know be respectful yeah. during these crazy times. I'm glad we have outlets like this and can you know keep being creative. I, you know, thank you so much for having me on here. I think this is awesome. Uh, before we wrap up, though, I actually have two surprises for you. Um, oh, okay. Something got? funny, real quick. I'll I'll shoot you a couple photos. Uh, I actually have a photo signed from Ty Burrell from oh really <laughs> from this movie, a shot from this movie. I just threw it, threw it up here. Oh yeah, you do. Oh my gosh. Which is that's that's you remember that scene at the, or where you know where uh, he's talking to Ross that this the snitch scene. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- yeah. In this scene, he's like um, saying how he is not going to tell Ross anything else because he thought that he was going to protect Betty, but really he's just trying to get the whole <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he just kind of fell out. Um, the other thing, I have a little gift on the way for you. Uh, as you know, autograph collector. Oh, um, nice. I have an issue one Wolverine Hulk comic book signed by uh, Lionel Francis Yu, who's one of the uh, uh, authors of the series. Um, this is sick. So that guy is uh, in the mail um, on, uh, on its way to you, just as a uh, thank you for having me on here. Oh, you are just the sweetest. Yeah, no worries. Was, are you okay if awesome. I post these pictures oh, on our social media? Absolutely. Yeah, well, guys, like, check it out. We're at Comically Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You guys got to check these out. These are fantastic. And I think the last thing we got to do to wrap this up is I think I, you got to give me some comically ratings here. All right, let's do it. So I think you got to give me Hulk as a movie on its own and Hulk as a movie for the MCU. Okay. Um, are, do, do we have a scale? Are we going like out of a number or in... Com- one out of ten comicallys. Okay. So for... Comically, as in, like, how funny it was? No, that's just the rating okay. system Ben made up. Okay, okay, <laughs> just, all right. That's just what we call them. It's 1 out of 10 on how good it is. Ben to- coined the term comically is on, like, our second episode. We've used it every episode since. Can I ask what you rated Iron Man at? So, I actually have that written down. I'm keeping a list so that we can do a final review list. So, we had Iron Man as a total movie. on As a movie on its own, we had, I think, 9 point... No, sorry. As a movie in the series, we had 9.2. As a movie on its own, we had 9. Okay. 
just because I think that had a lot of importance to it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep your overall rating and write it down so we can use that at the end. I would give Hulk an eight. I've, I, I Overall or on its own? Uh, oh, in, in relation to the other movies? Yes. In relate, in relate, like to, like it, in its entire place in the universe? Yeah, so two, I'll, I'll need two from you. Just, I'll, I'll give it a, I'll yeah, give it, I'll give it a seven, is. I'll give it a 7.5 overall. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I, I, for, I, th- for, I think, as it's, as, as, as with, with its uh, relation to the, the, the MCU. Perfect. All right. And what about on its own? I'd give it an eight, eight, eight point five. Eight point five. Okay. Yeah. I I love this movie. I, I and I I think it's actually held up very well. Like I'm I'm shocked how, you know the you know the tech the the tech doesn't obviously, but I think I think the the editing is great. I think the the callbacks are great. It's, you know, it every single time you watch it, you have more to to find out. You have you know it's and that's a, a great thing about watching it with new people and. Try, trying to see it's it's testament of time um i i love this movie yeah yeah i'm gonna match you on those i'm gonna say the same thing great so before we wrap up next week we're doing iron man 2 and adam i would love to have you back for iron man 2 i would love to be back man i, I think that'd be awesome do a little uh we go back to back perfect and then week after we're doing thor with who we've referenced in this episode a couple of times our friend chris who will be back and do will be here and do thor with me and yeah, thank you so much for being here, Adam. Dude, thank you so much. No, no, no. It's uh, it was a, it was an honor. Yeah, yeah I uh, had a great time and look forward to uh, our conversation on Iron Man next week. So it's it's not a goodbye. It's an I'll, uh, I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, you guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Stay safe out there in this crazy world, and we will talk to you next week. Adios. <laughs>